Father, we, one, welcome your, your Holy Spirit, dear Father, Lord, and we embrace you, Heavenly Father, and we ask that you use me, you speak through me as a vessel, as your son, dear Father, Lord, that you open our hearts and minds to your words, dear Father, Lord, and your instructions and what you want us to take away, Heavenly Father. And we receive it in your name, and we all say, Amen. Amen. All right. So friendship, so we're going to look at a scripture here, and we're going to pretty much focus on a few Proverbs. And what I love about Proverbs, it's simple, clear instructions on how to live our life. Often we try to find, what do we do? Where do we go? And something my grandmother would tell me, just open up your Bible, it's there. And I'm just saying, it is consistently. So the first scripture we're going to take a look at is Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. A friend loves at what time? time. What time? time? All times. And a brother is born from a time of adversity. And one thing I love about the scripture, it makes me do this thing called, let me get my dictionary out. Adversity. Once adversity becomes real in terms of what it means, you're like, whoa, this, this scripture's deep. And when I hopped on to the, the Googles of the world, as my daughter would say, adversity means misfortune, misfortune, trouble, difficulty, hardship, distress, disaster, suffering, affliction, sorrow, heartbreak, heartache, tribulation, woe, pain, trauma, torture, and much, much more. And can I ask, do any of us in this church feel those at times? If anyone doesn't, we got to talk later. I'm just saying. Life is life. We all deal with things, right? And we all know through torture, pain, anger, the emotions that we have experienced, there's always been someone that we can think of right now that has carried the burden with us, who walked the journey with us, who encouraged us to take it a step further and be better. And that's what I want to think about as we go through the Proverbs and some stats here in a moment is how to, one, we become a better friend and what to look for in our friends. And one thing I love about Scripture, it helps us be much more than the right friend. It helps us be a better spouse. It helps us be a better sibling. It helps us be a better uncle. So just think about those things as we dive in. And knowing what's awesome about friendship is we don't have to do it alone. Life is not written for us to fight the battle by, by ourselves. And two questions I want us to ask ourselves to kind of check our heart, because there's going to be a lot of heart checking this morning, is how do we hold ourselves accountable as a friend? And what do we look for to identify a real friend? And we're going to go through scripture, and it's going to help us answer those two questions. But let's take a look at a few interesting facts that we'll bring up here, and we'll talk through a few of them. So stats on friends in the world of Googles. Over a 10-year study, it was discovered that older people with a large circle of friends were 22% less likely to die early. Healthy friendships kept them living longer. I mean, hey, that's worth an amen. I'm just saying, healthy friendships do what? Help you live longer. So that spoke to me when I think about the people that like to live life alone. I'm like, healthy friendships help health. It just does. That's what it does. Second bullet Harvard researchers discovered that strong social ties promote strong brain health as well. Some of us, you know, want to get a little smarter. I'm just saying, have a few friends around. You learn each one, teach one. Just saying, it's kind of how it works. Thinking of those two siblings we seen in the video earlier, 
They both learned how to climb over the crib. I promise you, someone fell a couple of times first. Just saying. I, I can share a little story briefly. I remember doing that same thing with my brother when I was younger. My mom came in because guess what? I knocked the crib over trying to get in. It just, I'm just saying. I mean, we're, we were all kids too. Some of us still are. Myself, I am. <laughs> Our third bullet, U.S. Santa Barbara psychologist stated that friendship has a greater effect on health than a spouse or family member. And the last bullet really, really spoke to me after I quantified it and thought about it, and I read it like, this can't be true, and you Google I'm like, well, that's just something that's out there. So a six-year study on middle-aged men stated that the only thing that interrupted a person's health more than friendship was smoking. So when I read that, I'm like, that's crazy. So you mean to tell me that smoking is the top thing that impacts my health, and number two is friendship? When you think of it and take it a step further, good friends? And think about those bad friends that you have had and the type of things that we've experienced because of listening to bad advice. It's probably put all of us in some interesting situations, to say the least. So now we'll dive into six marks, you know, what to look for for a real friend. But then also thinking of marriages, siblings, uncles, aunties, grandparents, just things that will help us be Christ-like. Amen? All right. So the first one we have here is this. Number one in your outline is I must be committed. Sometimes that's hard, right? A hard word to swallow. Life is life. We go through obstacles, and being committed is a thing that's a little challenging. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. So the heart check that I want us to check with all of our friendships and family members that we have, when you have conversation, ask yourself this. Are we destroying or building? It makes me think about when I was young. I used to play with something called Legos. Legos were awesome. And I remember there were a few people in my circle when I used to try to build my castle, they would just... Frustration. So actually, Bunny, I'm going to pick on you. Come up here, Bunny. Bunny's my, my taller but younger, cooler brother of mine. So, <laughs> so sit right there. So an example that I have is, or stand up, sorry. I said, sit, you're good at listening. I like it. If I can get my kids to do that, we'll, we'll, we'll take it a step further. So walk towards me. So often in friendships, we're doing this thing. Knowing God's promises over here, but I'm doing this. But something I've learned is how much better am I helping or destroying? What am I doing now? Helping. Thanks, bro. I'm going to get you lunch now. We got it. Appreciate it. Don't hold me to that, but hold me to that. <laughs> the brother can eat. I'm just saying, we've been to lunch a few times. So I got to get my money ready. So, <laughs> All right. The second point I want to talk about is I must be considerate. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. Now, as I was reading that and reading that and reading that, it makes me feel what we do to other people when we choose to not forgive them. Not being considerate by not forgiving them. 
And as I was praying and going through it, a few things came to my heart. One being, love cannot live where unforgiveness dwells. I'm just saying it can't. You literally can't say, I don't forgive you, but I love you. It's not how it works. That's not how God treats us. If God can forgive us, and if we're supposed to be Christ-like and made in his image, So something we all know is our father is very, 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 very considerate. I'm just saying. He's given up the ultimate sacrifice out of love and consideration because he knows we need to be saved. The third point is I must be confidential. Scripture has, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 11, verse 13. And we'll sit here for a moment because something we have to realize, at times people will tell you things that are specifically only designed for you to keep to yourself. Not for us to... Because I don't know if you, well, let's talk about it. Think about walking into a room full of gossip. What is the enemy like? A room full of gossip. Because what does the enemy do? Kill, destroy, gossip, mislead, manipulate. And I've seen church numerous times. I've seen a get-together, room full of gossip, outcome, divorce. Sim simple as that. I've seen... Room full of gossip, outcome, I quit. I've also seen room full of gossip, I'm not going to church. Because of what he, she, she, he said, she said. Which we know the enemy likes to, that's his playground. It's a trip what the enemy can do when you allow a room of gossip to exist. It does nothing good for anyone. And moving on to fill in the blank number four is I must be candid. I must be candid. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Six rooms from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Proverbs chapter 27, verses 5 through 6. And something I've realized through maturity is this. We need people that are going to give you straight talk. Often we make the mistake of looking for this. I want someone to tell me what I want to hear. Example I'll share. Uh, we laughed about it when my parents were in a service earlier this morning. I remember years ago, I had friend A and friend B. We had this uh, conversation of let's get on the light rail. Let's hang out. Northgate, Natomas, the crazy north at midnight. On a school night, friend A said this. Bro, what's the worst that can happen? Let's go. Let's have some fun. It's okay. Nothing to go wrong. What's the worst that can happen? I like that guy. Friend B said this. Bro, I know your mom. I'm just saying, your mom's a little crazy. I'm scared of her. I don't know if this is a good idea. And Pops, my Pops was full at the time. So he was like, man, I don't know, bro. Your parents, I mean, 
If you want to go, I'll go with you. I got you, but all right. So what did my smart, stupid self do? Like I said, smart, stupid. Because uh, the stupid side was, what do you think? I got on that train, hung out, had a bunch of fun as the youth. And then um, I forgot something happens when it gets late. The train stops going. <laughs> and keep in mind, my parents, us, we stay right around the corner. I'm in the north. I got to get home. I got to go to school the next day because I'm in high school, doing what high school kids do. And um, had to go to this thing called a payphone. Put a quarter in. And that was the scariest thing ever, I promise you, was like, what is my mom going to say when I finally get her to pick the phone up? That just, I'm, to this day, it frightens me to think about it. And uh, mom, um, um, where are you at? And mom, I'm sorry. Um, me and my dad. Mom, um, um, okay. And then I remember sitting there waiting for my mom to pick myself and a few of my friends up. We had an old uh, Chrysler minivan at the time. So, you know, me being smart, stupid, I got into the third row seat. Because I didn't want to be in arms, you know, reach. Because my parents are good at doing this and driving. I'm just saying. Some of us have done it before. And uh, all I remember was looking in the rearview mirror at my parents' eyes. Just, and my dad has these crazy arches. And my mom has the look of death. It's, it was like the longest five-minute drive home from around the corner. It just, so again, it, it made me think today, what if I would have listened to, to friend B? That said, bro, your mom's kind of, your dad's, I don't know. Maybe you need to just go home. So I'm encouraging you, church, to, you don't want to surround yourself by people who are just going to tell you what you want to hear and not want to please your ego. You need people that are going to tell you when you're in the middle of, maybe I should do this thing. Brother, no, don't, don't, just don't. Let me tell you what happened when I did it. Don't do it. Or when you, I even think for myself, I don't, I don't want to go to church, I'm tired. Bro, you need Jesus, go. You know what, you're right. I need friends that tell me things like that. That tell me I can be better, that I cannot be the, that I can be the person that I'm called to be, not to be the person that I once was. Amen? So moving on to uh, number five. I must be constructive. As iron sharpens iron, so no one person sharpens another. Proverbs 27, verse 17. What I love about the scripture in the bottom is Paul tells the church, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Build who? And that means a person right next to you. I'm just saying. Build each other up. Just as, in fact, you are doing. And when I was sitting there thinking about it, a lot of us are in this room because someone prayed for you. A lot of us are in this room because someone said, I know what we did last night, and I don't want to do that again. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Some of us still have our marriages because someone wants to counsel. And like I shared in the first service, for myself, I almost lost my marriage, but it took one brother to stop me right there. And he said, you know when the Holy Spirit's working and someone starts telling you things, like, how did you know? That's how the Spirit works. And I'm forever grateful for that brother that took that time to minister to encourage me. And I have a few friends, one specifically my freshman year, right after high school, I went to Johnson, right around the corner. I was still doing some things I had no business doing. This one brother was like, bro, have you ever been to youth group? What's youth group? Heard about it. Oh, oh no, I always grew up in church, but I've never been to youth group before. And he shared some things, and then I knew he was different. And there was something I seen that he had that I wanted. 
And literally to this day, every time we talk on the phone, I tell him, like, bro, I wouldn't be speaking if it wasn't for what you did in my life. I wouldn't have wanted to get married if it wasn't for what you've spoken into my life. I wouldn't be the man that I am if you didn't open up that door and give me that little orange Bible outside of your backpack and say, bro, read it. Because I wasn't trying to read it, but it was one person that took that time to minister to me. And Lily, I'll be come up. I'm going to go over our last point here, number six. I must be consistent, 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 consistent. And when I was reading that, all I heard in my spirit was God saying, Aaron, I need consistent Christians. I need consistent followers. Consistent. I know things are hard, but I need you to be consistent and keep trying. And the scripture we have is, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. How many friends? All, all friends. And with adversities, we agree. We all, we, we all experience them. We're all going to forever experience them. It's something that we deal with on a day-to-day. And the story I'll share in regards to consistency that really just, it spoke to me. It's, um, there's a friend of mine that I went to church with when we were kids. Probably fifth grade, sixth grade, on and up and whatnot. Really good friends. We used to go do the coloring and all that things, learn, sing the songs and all that fun stuff. And um, poof, he disappeared. Didn't see the guy for a while. Kind of thought about him in the back of my mind, but this was, you know, pager days before cell phones, all this fun stuff. And <laughs> So you couldn't just get on Facebook and find somebody. It didn't work that way back then. You had to get in the car or take a bus and find people. And uh, I remember one day I was working um, at Verizon, and guess who was in my new hire class? That guy. I'm like, whoa, where you been, bro? Hug. Well, man, how's, how's the family? Where you been? I miss you. What's up? Tell me everything. We reconnected. I had an opportunity to be his manager in the corporate setting, which was, it was, it was awesome. I just got to say it was a blessing. And then from there, poof, disappeared. I'm like, man, I wonder what happened to him. So, you know, we went through years, some time went to a pass, and I ended up, my wife and I ended up moving downtown. Guess who I see again? <laughs> I'm like, man, this is a trip, God. What's going on? So we, we caught up doing things together, catching up on our family. I remember one day he came over breaking down, and he goes, Aaron, this person, Jesus, bro, I don't want it. Broke my heart because I knew what we experienced as kids. He goes, Aaron, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't need it. I'm, he needs to leave me alone. I said, bro, prayers are powerful. Everything that you're experiencing is what our parents and our grandparents prayed for. That's what we're experiencing. And he goes, Aaron, I don't want it. <laughs> he moved, left California. And I would just think, like, man, if I can reach him, if I can reach him, and one thing I love about God is when you get on your knees and say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? He speaks. And I remember Aaron call him. Aaron text him. But Jesus, it's 6 o'clock in the morning, but Jesus, is midnight. Jesus, I'm tired. Jesus, I'm at work. Go outside, call him. And every time I listened to the Holy Spirit, my friend said, bro, I need to hear you. I was this close to making a decision. I was this close to making another bad decision. 
I was this close to maybe ending what I have currently. You don't understand what I'm going through. In the spirit of consistency, it was about eight years of phone conversations. Driving to work at 5 o'clock in the morning. Bro, I love you. What's going on? How you doing? Not to judge him, but to build him. Not to destroy him and remind him about the things that we may have done. Because I have sinned, he has sinned. Who am I to be that judge? But I'm here to build you up. You're important. I love you. You are not the person you used to be. You still have a calling. And I firmly believe this to this day. We all have a specific calling. And it's up for us to receive it and accept it. That's all it simply is. And um, I'll fast forward year eight. He goes, Aaron, bro, I'm going to give Jesus a shot again. Now I'm excited. Like, all right, all right. I've been waiting for this my, all my life. Like, you know, when you play sports, you keep playing, hitting the ball over and over again to keep missing. I finally hit it. You know, I'm just, God, thank you, Jesus. And um, he goes, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to let God take the will. And what I will say, he called me that same day. Talk about God moving mountains instantly because sometimes he chooses to do things that way just to show how real he is. My good friend of mine says, Aaron, all my job interviews, where he was, gone. Just stopped. He goes, Aaron, the place I was going to move into is gone. I don't have a choice. And guess what? I called my parents. My dad said, come home. <laughs> I said, well, bro, today, he goes, literally, to, from this morning to today, this is what happened. And why I'm passionate about this story, this story is he was actually in the first service this morning. I got to speak and witness to him again here from here. That just meant so, so much. And why I just love sharing it and being transparent, church, it took eight years of consistency. It took me, God, I don't see nothing, God. God, I don't hear nothing, God. God, he's not calling me back. God, where's he at? And Jesus is like, bro, I'm just, you just, just listen to me. Pick up the phone, call him, text him. That's all you got to do. I'll take care of the rest. And God checked me again in my heart. It's not your timing, Aaron. It's my timing. So you're, you're right. You got me. I love when he gets me because he's always right. So before I have pastor come up, I want to challenge us with something here. The challenge is reach out. It's, it's Thanksgiving, giving thanks. Reach out, reach out. And what I mean by that is this. One, ask for God to put someone on your heart. Two, I have a feeling some of us already have a person that we see the picture right now. We're like, I need to call this person. They wronged me five years ago. Doesn't matter. Because something I've learned, your story is special. What you experience is unique. And someone needs to hear it from you specifically. I can't tell a story the way that you might tell it. And something to really grab and hold on to is that five-second, five-minute, five-hour conversation can change someone's forever. And when I say forever, it could change someone's eternity between heaven or hell. Amen? Amen.